0: Welcome to Boost Power Podcast. Inspiration, insights, and ideas for your business and your journey. Welcome to Boost Power Podcast. I'm your host, Betsy Wiersma. Today is the first day of the rest of your life, and oh, it's going to be a good one because M.E. Sterl-Molnar, my sister in art, my uh soulmate, my biggest girl crush of the most talented human I've been so lucky to spend time with is on the show today. Welcome, Emmy.
1: Thank you. I'm so glad to be here. Thank you.
0: Well, I got to tell you the backstory. We were going to do this live in London like uh, you've been enjoying so many of my GSPN Global Sisterhood podcast networks, podcasts on the road, but we had so much fun doing art and we just arted for three days and We didn't have a podcast um, bone in our body. I'm just like, I'll call you from home. We'll do this another time. So um, I just have returned from London. Uh, This is in 2020, where I was lucky enough to do uh, Emmy's great workshop. She's going to tell you all about it. And um, yeah, I'm still on fire and can't even wait uh, to continue to build our friendship and do fun things with her. So um, tell everybody a little bit about you because I skipped right to the close, you know. We just did a workshop together and I'm still excited. So tell them a little bit about, you know, where you got started in your art journey and um, because there's so many cool pieces to this, I think people will um, love to know about you.
1: Well, I I got started, i see my first art series was when I was probably five or six. It was called, I Love Flowers. And I did it in a remote art classroom when I was living in Monterey, California. So maybe I was an artist. I declared myself an artist then and there. Um, But what happened with me was I I really was a fashion girl for many, many years. And I worked in retail and kind of worked my way through the ranks with different retail companies and then ended up having my own clothing stores. Um, One in Philadelphia, closed that, then I moved to LA. Back it up though. I do have a Bachelor of Arts degree in studio art, which means I didn't learn very much. Um, I learned, I learned a little bit of this, a little bit of that, but I didn't really think of myself as an artist. I was always interested in fashion. So I, I kind of went full on with that career for many, many years. And I stopped doing that full time about seven years ago. I was burnt out from having my, um, my boutiques production, running a retail store, the grind of just continually uh, updating with new products. So I took a break and I started doing something called art journal du jour. So every single day for a year. And I started it in 2016, January 1, 2016. So I committed myself to a daily art habit. And that's when I started really getting more serious about my art and I would show it every day on Instagram and I look back at it and some of it was really bad and then some of it I'm like oh that was kind of good that was kind of good and I worked primarily in journals and books and then later on that year I started working on some canvases and started going bigger which was kind of scary and then eventually later on that year my husband and myself and our daughter we moved to London and so I started in London kind of doing the same thing and thought, okay, I'm gonna, I'm just going to keep working on my art. And I started doing some art fairs, met some other artists, met some street artists along the way, because I love street art. And so I've just been in this kind of trajectory of doing my art on a very regular basis and then starting to sell. It's it just been a very slow uphill Capricorn, just keep climbing up that mountain. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> go for
0: it. Go for it. Well, you know, I I want to stop and really explore this uh, make an art practice because I think that's what I notice about myself is I get a time or a weekend or a getaway and I art and I just art as much as I can art. And then the world comes back and I walk away from that joy and that freedom and all that I love and get back into the real world and then keep just waiting for that moment I can have, you know, all the time in the world to art. So how in the beginning, especially for people listening who are kind of thinking, wow, you know, right brain creativity might be really good to balance my life out, how do you carve out the time or how did you prioritize, you know, the gift to yourself of doing art?
1: Well, I mean, I was fortunate because I had some time. I wasn't I wasn't running a retail store anymore. I was, my husband and I had been um, living on separate coasts for a while, just due to work stuff. So we were back together full time. So I had the, the liberty of time and I honestly needed something to do with myself to kind of channel my creativity. I, I know, you know, we're, I know we're going to talk later about the art journal class that, that you, you did with me, but I do think if you just get some basic supplies and like almost like a little kit that you could take with you on the go. So a small journal with some nice paper in it. Maybe your favorite pen, some sort of coloring mechanism, which could be—I mean, crayons would be very basic—but you could just get some watercolor markers or a small watercolor kit, and just have that on the go. So every time, if you go get a cup of coffee, maybe you sit and pull out your sketchbook and you write a little note and maybe draw a quick little sketch, and that's your art for the day. Maybe it's five minutes, maybe it's ten minutes, but if you just get in that habit of just saying every single day I'm going to do that. Now, this was also the time when people were posting these challenges on. Instagram, so if you feel like social media is a place that you would want to show that off, sometimes that helps where people can share you on, or you could just post, you could just, you know, create a separate account without your name on it and and put things on there. But I made myself my own challenge that for an entire year, I was gonna post something different um, with a theme of art journaling onto my Instagram account every day. So I would work in an art journal. So, okay, getting back to that, I would suggest starting, you know, don't go, you don't have to go out and buy a big canvas. You can just buy a small sketchbook. I recommend probably a mixed media, heavyweight paper sketchbook, but get some sort of a journal or a sketchbook, get your favorite pen, get some watercolor pencils or maybe a small watercolor kit, get something small and then put in a little zip pouch you got a zip pouch when you took my, um, my workshop. I have a new (laughs) zip pouch. I love a zip pouch. (laughs) I love a good zip pouch, but get it all together. Make, create yourself a little kit and then just take it with you. So if you're go if you're at the coffee shop, instead of scrolling through your phone, make a little note to yourself, do a little doodle, maybe do a quick contour sketch of the person across the, the cafe from you. Maybe do a sketch of your, of your, uh, cup of coffee, but every single day, just commit your commit to yourself. Give me five minutes. You know, it's just that little tiny habit every day of doing something. And then eventually, you'll be like, hmm, maybe I want to learn how to paint this cup, or maybe I want to learn how to put this cup onto a bigger cup, a bigger canvas, and learn how to paint. Or it might lead you to other things. But it's just getting started and just declaring yourself committing to yourself that you're going to do a little bit every day. That's, that's really what I did. So I committed to myself for a year.
0: Well, that's what I really want to point out to the listeners is it's using your right brain creativity and relaxing and breathing and being present, be here now, as we said, um, it's really gift to yourself because the world can gobble up every bit of your energy and parenting and jobs and everything. But, uh, I also know you use a lot of cutouts for magazines and I'm a big, you know, vision board girl. So another mm-hmm. thing you can do is find pictures and things in magazines that, that you like. You can glue them into your journal and then you can do art around them, d- sketch with them, add color, add color with um, wet wipes or baby wipes. You can paint with baby wipes, breakthrough for me. So the message is be good to yourself by committing to something art ish every day. Okay. So you started this practice and I know that that was my lifesaver during COVID because you had some um, online journal and sketchbook work and with your daughter and your husband as your production team.
1: Yes. Yes. So we did art journal club and I did it live on my Instagram and my Facebook feeds every Friday night from Oh, I can't remember because I'm in London. So I think I would do it eight o'clock my time, which is probably three. Yeah, your it was time. a little more in
0: the Saturday afterno- or Friday afternoons for me, but yeah.
1: Right. It was a Friday thing. And then what I would do is I'd have a theme and I would just tell everybody before you start, you need a sketchbook or some sort of paper. You need a pair of scissors. You need a glue stick and some magazines or some scraps of paper and a few markers. And that's all you needed. And then we would talk a little bit and then there would be a theme. So... One week, I think the theme was a bird's eye view. So if you were above yourself right now and looking down, what would that bird's eye view be of? And so I did a little sketch of, of, you know, a very rough sketch of where we lived and then some different thoughts about what was going on. One week we did a flower and every petal in the flower was a different aspect of your life. So we do it for an hour and it was really fun. And some weeks we'd get people, I mean, I'd have you, I had people from San Diego, Los Angeles. I might've gotten New York city or Philadelphia. I can't remember Florida. Um, I don't know if my friend from Japan ever joined, but it felt kind of global and it was this really fun energy. And then people would chat. And I think one of my biggest compliments was I had a woman who um, had kind of not been doing her art as much and kind of stepped back from it. And it really spurred her art on. And um, I heard from illustrators. It was helping to loosen up their practice. So it was just this communal practice that we all did. And it didn't matter if you were, you know, my daughter who was eight at the, eight at the time, she was eight helping me along. We had my husband helping, we had professional artists and then we had people that just wanted to learn how to like, you know, unwind and and do something fun and, and get out of their head for COVID. So it was a really, really fun time. I don't do that anymore. Um, weekly like that for free, but it was definitely a good time.
0: Well, I, it I learned we
1: how. Yeah. yeah,
0: I learned how to paint with a credit card. Move color on a page with the edge of a credit card, which I'd never done. Um, and then we did those transfers. Which one of my pieces we did? Um, tape transfers. Tape transfers, which was really fun. But again, I guess it's the community. What I want everyone to hear: it's art as a tool to get in touch with yourself and to to have fun and just learn something new, because just a little technique and and just a page from a magazine that you decorate and you write your thoughts on it with the cool pen. It's amazing how that can get you started on an art career. We're going to go to break really quick. You're listening to Emmy. She's in from London. We just were together, but I didn't get the podcast done. So we're doing it now with technology and we will be right back. You are listening to Boost Power Podcast with your host, Betsy Weersma we are part of the Global Sisterhood Podcast Network. Women who amplify their voices and are committed to inspiring all people with podcasts on purpose. Enjoy these true stories and proven business tips for your business and your life. Now, back to Boost. And we're back. And we're back. Well, so I would like you to tell everybody about Um, some of the workshops and courses that you teach because I really want to chime in that I would say of the things I've done in the last 10 years the days I spent with you in London were not only the most relaxing and fun and flow because I love to do art but on a personal level it's the first time I really decided I was an artist which is a really breakthrough for me because I kind of feel like oh I'm a crafter and Oh, I made these art clothes, you know, but I actually walked on the streets of London and had this epiphany like you are what you know you are and I, I'm an artist. I'm I'm an artist and that was like this big moment. So I want the whole world to get to know the kind of classes and the workshops that you do. So talk a little bit about street art to sketchbook and about street art because I know you're really on fire for art being everywhere.
1: Well, I, I love the idea that art is for everyone. So my inspiration... So I, I created a class with, with you and Carol in Mind when you guys came, and it was about the idea of street art and then taking the idea of street art, which is just random art that's spit up all over the streets, and how can that influence and help you with your own journaling practice and help you also to not be so precious about your art? Because I feel like art doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to be precious. It has to be something that, that feels good to you. So... First of all, when I, when I think about street art, before I even moved to London, I was always fascinated with graffiti and um, posters on walls. Years ago when I was in Italy, I would tear down, I would, I, would, I would go to, it would rain a little bit and all these posters would be up on the streets and I would peel them off. And I sent, um, I remember there was an Andy Warhol exhibition going on in Italy and I remember peeling it off and sending it to our mutual friend. Uh, Robin. Robin. You know, yeah. You have, to, you, have to, you have to ask Robin about that. Okay. So anyway, so I was always fascinated with this idea that people are slapping stuff up on the streets and what what's happening with that. And I got more and more interested with it and because it started feeling like a collage on the street. So before I moved to London, I, I was following a lot of artists. And then when I moved to London, I would start walking around, I'd see the art on the streets. And I, and I, I got in touch with some people from the community and kind of met some different people. And they were just like, they just gave themselves permission to go out there and put this art up. Now, it's not really legal to do in a lot of places. There are some areas in London that that people do it. Um, But I like the idea that art can be everywhere. Also that when art goes up on the street, it's not really yours anymore. You can't be so precious about it. And that the nature of art on the street is it's gonna start to deteriorate a little bit. Um, People may try to peel it off like I did many years ago. Um, with that Andy Warhol poster. And also it becomes collaborative because other people are going to add pieces to it, whether you like it or not. So, and they might write on it. They might, um, uh, they might tag it with, some, with a spray can. They might put a sticker on it. I've seen all this happen to my, to my recent street art, which I'll have to tell you about. So I like that idea that it becomes less precious and it becomes kind of almost like its own art into itself it becomes its own thing. Yeah, it's even very after interactive
0: because you don't know it's who the next person that's gonna come along. Yeah.
1: So I like the idea of this course street art to sketchbook being we go out and we look at the actual street art that, that is prevalent in East London, which is where my studio is. And I even put some street art when we were up when we were we were out there, which is really fun. So seeing that interaction, seeing how things deteriorate, seeing how it's not perfect seeing how people put things up, wonky, all these different things. And then we came back to my studio and we didn't start with a blank white piece of paper. We started with some of my scrap paper that might have some some wonkiness on it. And I was like, okay, you've got got something to start with. Now start adding your own elements to it. So we started adding the idea of our own art on top of somebody else's art and a little bit of a collaborative nature of um, adding photos in, adding... Um, stencils, adding stickers. We didn't do spray paint, but I can I can always add that in. Um, so when you're done, you've got this really textured, very um, rich. Fabulous rubber. and yeah. amazing
0: commemoration of doing art and also a place to use your scraps from your airplane ticket, your hotel vouchers, um, things out of some local tourist magazines. We just really made it commemorate our London adventure alongside of it being an artistic background with pockets and you sewed them yes. together and it was just awesome.
1: Yes, I took it home. So we used what's called like it it's the equivalent of an eight and a half by eleven piece of paper and, and in the UK we call it an A4 piece of paper. So we used just standard size paper and made it um, spread it out. And then at night I, I went back and I sewed it on my sewing machine. So you had your own little booklet. And I think it was, ended up being like an eight page booklet and a 10 page um, like a little zine, but it's your own zine. And so you can look back on it years later and, and just have all these fun memories of your days and your time. And um, we added pictures. We printed up pictures of our, of our time together. So I know I miss you guys. I that know. was so
0: fun. It was so fun. Both Carol and I are just like, "How's Emmy? we miss being with her. Uh, and, and it is so infrequent for me and maybe many of you listening to just actually have three days where you're on vacation doing something that you're learning and also that's just expanding. You know, me as an artist, I just always thought, well, gosh, if I'm going to be an artist, I want to work with other artists and see their style and learn a little bit about silk screening and some other things. So level one was we did the journals, but then um, I think this would be great. If you're thinking about commemorating a big birthday or an anniversary or a trip, if you're going to bring your friends to London, I loved that level two was you and I did a collaborative piece where we just kind of stayed present, which I think that's one of the biggest lessons about art is you can actually let the world go and stay here now and be with yourself in the moment. So tell them about our Hugh Mongo fun
1: collaborative piece. So I had uh, I took a, a blank piece of canvas Oh, I'm talking in centimeters now. I can't remember what the feet is. It's 100 centimeters, like 150 centimeters. So like three feet by four feet, maybe. Yeah, it's pretty big. Um, It's five by five. I don't know. It's pretty big. It's pretty big. And um, I I primed it first with gesso, um, just a basic primer. And then we just started putting different marks on it. We just started going in and just not, It wouldn't call it scribbling, but just like adding different marks of, of words and... I think you started with the word be here now. Mm-hmm. And then we just kept adding to it and adding to it and doing little art. We both love flowers. So we we're painting in flowers. And then at some point in time, we were, we were um, adding some silkscreen elements because I made a silk screen of your, of your cute bees, put the bees on there. Um, we did a little bit of mono printing on it. So we made this collaborative thing where we would go back and forth and allow each other to add marks, to take away, to maybe erase certain things, um, you have to leave your ego at the door too, because you've got to be with somebody that's, you know, you're not, you're okay if, 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 if something goes away that you added in. But that goes back to the street art where it's it's yours, but it's not really yours anymore. It's becomes it, this whole other thing. So we did a really cool collaborative piece that I can't wait for, for you to hang up in your place. And um, you did your signature heart I
0: did. And and some of the things that I always do with mixed media, we were able to incorporate in this huge scale, which I, of course, never done it in a huge scale. And um, what I noticed about it is I took my phone and I did snippets of just what my phone would capture in small pieces. And I would see some of Emmy's um, scribble writing that would be like, live a happy life. And it would be next to the word be. And it just would happen to make this cute vignette that has so many layers of marks and flowers and drips and all the things that we added to it. Um, But what I would tell you, if you're thinking about doing something super commemorative that you're investing the time and money into building a beautiful piece of art for your home an abstract piece of art. And I I would never, you know, I, I I consider it priceless actually this one, Uh, it would never be for sale. And, um, but I think it would be a super cool thing. So how do you work with people that might want to create a piece of art to commemorate something?
1: Well, I'm, I'm developing that right now. I, I do offer classes on Airbnb experiences. And if you check out my website, meandblue.com under, under my, uh, classes that's listed under there. So I'll have different ways that I can offer it. And I love doing private groups. So that's, that's really my favorite way is, is the private group and the, you know, small groups that really can come in and, and get their hands dirty.
0: Yes. Their, their minds peaceful, their souls on fire, their hands may be a little dirty, but there's always an apron and a good mm-hmm. baby wipe to wipe, wipe off that paint. Yeah. The baby wipes. You we will love survive. Baby wipes. We love those. Okay. So <laughs> what's next for you? I know you have exhibitions. We happen to get to go to the coffee shop where you were doing a solo show. I know you do some street fairs and things. You're recently in the lemonade business. I digress yes. with your darling daughter, customized lemonade. So if you're in London, I got to tell you, who does customized lemonade? But um, what, when you're dreaming, um, Emmy, what are you dreaming of?
1: Well, I'm doing more and more kind of collections. So I'm still working in my monoprint. I do a lot of signature monoprint. A monoprint is where you paint directly onto a silk screen and then you transfer the image to paper. So I've had some running uh, collections going on. One of them was called I Need a Moment. And that really took off. I did that earlier this year and that continues to sell. I just did one that I'm about to release called Easy Breezy Lemon Squeezy, um, which is really fun. And so I'm going to continue to do that. I'm hoping to get into um, one of the better print fairs in Europe. It's called um, the Woolwich Contemporary Print Fair. I've, I've been in it for two years. I'm crossing my fingers they accept me this year. I'm doing a collaborative large scale painting with a writer, um, that'll show in the fall. And it's got a poem that she wrote based on poems that we've done together. And that's been really fun because we use the concept of writing as kind of the prompt for the art, kind of like what we, we, we did in the art yeah. journal, Center, yeah. bigger, larger scale. So I'm really excited about that. That'll, that'll happen in, um, October, in October of 2022 in the UK and I'm thinking of more things. I really love the idea of taking my my art to patterns, to prints, and I think I've shied away from it because I really don't want to get involved in the everyday nitty gritty of production. So I'm looking at some some different options for that. I love how when people walk away or when they're with me, they tell me how good they feel, or ways that people have expanded their um, their art career, or maybe they've tried something else. There's that sense of well-being, and I'm not a qualified I'm not a therapist, but I, I've I've looked into maybe some possibilities of, of going further in my education in that realm because I do feel like there's a need for people to use art in a way that'll make them feel good about themselves that also is accessible. Um, In the UK, things like this can be pretty accessible. So what could I do so I could make what I do to help a range of people and have it be accessible and have it be another branch of my career? So I'm looking into that, but I don't don't quite have the answers to that. I'm waiting waiting on some people to get back to me.
0: Yeah, good. Well, you know, with dreaming, you don't have to have the answers. You know, it starts just with the what and you let go of the how. Because when I first met Robin Holloway, so my daughter went to high school with Emmy's college roommate's daughter. And when she met me, she said, Oh my gosh, you remind me so much of my friend that lives in London. That's an artist. And then she gave me a book that you, I, I might have the only book. You might not even have your own book anymore. I should have brought it because we could, we need to art on it. Next time we're together, we'll have to art up Mm -hmm. your book. Um, and I just always I set this intention, and I said I want to know her, because that how fun would it be to have another like minded artist friend in London? Fun, international, and I just want to know her story. I just want to know her, and to actually have manifested not only getting to come to your online things, but actually owning three now originals of yours um, for my 60th birthday. I cannot tell a lie. I bought one of her collage pieces and moved all my art out of the way. It's the highlight of my basement space. And now when we were in London, Carol and I both bought some of those beautiful new um, quilts. I'm going to call them the quilt series. um, Yes. The patchwork. So um, I'm a collector, a long distance collector. So it's just been such a joy. And um, my dream is also for you to think about bringing your family and doing an art workshop in America, uh, to be accessible to people here in the United States and to share your beautiful work. And then I could be your support system and provide, you know, the art space and all the supplies and you can just show up and teach. And, and, uh, and I think that could be really fun. And maybe Robin will come just saying. I love that. No, I love,
1: and I love teaching, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty laid back with teaching. I I want people to come in and, and have the space, not feel pressured to make perfect art just to kind of come in and, and, and allow themselves the time to try something out that's new make mistakes, allow themselves to make mistakes. And all of a sudden you kind of allow yourself to get a little messy. You allow it to get a little, you're not quite sure where it's going. All of a sudden you have a beautiful piece of art. So, um, you know, between my retail career and art and all the things I want to do, I think the core of it is the essence is really the community and the communication that I have with people. And, um, that's been the most important thing. It's like, I want to know when somebody buys a piece of art of mine that goes on their wall and they look at it, and makes them smile. If I put a, a piece of street art, I love, a lot of people have been tagging me with that. I need a moment piece of street art because they walk past it on the way to work and it makes them feel good. Or when I did clothing, it was like they'd wear something and they'd put it on. They'd be like, I feel like myself, but better. So what is that underlying thing that when you teach or when you're together with people that? Yeah. Creates just a sense of, I'm not going to make a mistake. I'm going to explore things. I'm going to feel better. Um, Oh, I don't know if I'm making sense with that. Yeah, you are.
0: You're actually, and and really that's a a good place just to leave this, that you can't, I always tell people, you can't do art wrong. There's no way. There's no way. Every single person will just express whatever they want to do in whatever way. And the silliest, craziest things, we always call it the ugly stage, where you just think, oh my gosh, this is just a mess. On the other side is something that brings you joy or the world joy in ME's case, uh, or you wear it on a shirt or a dress, just saying, because I'm in that side. Let's get art in the world on people's bodies. So thank you so much for being on this podcast. Tell people again, one more time, how to find you.
1: So you can find me on my website, meandblue.com. So it's M-E-A-N-D-B-L-U-E.com. And my Instagram is at me and blue. Um, my Facebook is at me and blue. You're very active in all those. So you can really take a look around. Sure. You're going to
0: see sketchbook things. You're going to see me in the feed. Yeah. If you happen to see this recently, if not scan the feed and find our great collaborative work, you have been listening to boost power podcast. This would have been live in London, except we just did too much art, got too tired. So we had to do this one online, <laughs> but, uh, The Global Sisterhood Podcast Network is just women telling their stories and offering what they have to help uplift and inspire your world. So if you heard this today, there was no accidents. You're either destined to do like I did, invest in yourself to go to London on a great adventure, do some courses, some workshops with Emmy, or you're destined to just use this as an excuse to get some paper, get a pen, uh, take a big deep breath and start your own creative process. Please share this podcast with anyone you know that wants to be uplifted and inspired. And please like us and please follow us because we always have the next great story for women. This is your host, Betsy Weersma. Thank you for listening to Boost Power Podcast and plugging in stories from the journey of life and business. Our music is by award-winning singer-songwriter Megan Burt, and we're produced at the Cinder Sound Studios in Colorado. We are part of the Global Sisterhood Podcast Network, people committed to podcasts on purpose that are designed to uplift and inspire. Please subscribe to Boost on your favorite podcast platform and tell your friends to join us. Learn more, BetsyWiersma.com.